Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You can also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and figure out what other movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about Steve McQueen's Widows, a movie that uh, has been hugely celebrated by most of the film critic and podcast world, but is not doing very well at the box office, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I'm just going to let you know ahead of time, just as a little bit of a trigger warning, uh, but my co-host for the episode, Chris Cranock, and I, we may be two of the only people in that uh, film Twitter podcast world that um, didn't really like it that much, but we'll get into that as we get into the episode. Um, I want to remind you all to please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice, and you can also follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. I also want to say you should uh, get signed up for our mailing list over on PiecingPod.com. We're going to be doing some giveaways here soon. Uh, I was waiting for the list to really grow a little bit before we really start with the giveaways, and I think we're pretty much ready to get into those here coming up on the new year. Um, there we all, I'm also starting to do some written reviews on there, so there's going to be a lot more content on the website. Uh, assuming the website is still up, I actually literally just got an email that... Uh, the site has been updated to WordPress 5.0. Let's hope that goes smoothly. You never know. Um, but anyway, uh, getting into this movie, uh, it, it's based on a Gillian Flynn uh, novel, and it is about a woman whose husband is a uh, bank robber, and he dies with his crew in a in a heist gone wrong. And uh, some of his old cronies want her to pay them back, and so she decides to take over his last job. And so she puts together an all-female crew, and it's a great setup for what could be a very uh, unique and exciting movie. And uh, we'll get into what we thought about this movie uh, in this conversation with co-host Chris Cranott. So today on the show, we got back with us Chris Cranock. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I am great. And by the way, thanks for inviting me to your friend's giving party. That was fun. Of course. Thank you for coming. Yeah. You're always welcome. So thanks. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah. A little bloodshed, but everything yeah. was fun. <laughs> yeah. Bloodshed is a part of any good yeah. Thanksgiving. Exactly. Event, Someone right? left in an ambulance. But other than that, yeah. delicious absolutely. food and good people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It was unreal. <laughs> that meatloaf thing. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. I know. It was yeah. Kobe, what, Kobe beef and bison? <laughs> 
Oh yeah. yeah did you have and some of that broccoli? You. Oh, did you have that uh, broccoli casserole? I did not. Oh, that's right, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I look for ways to intravenously inject that into my bloodstream. Yeah. So next year, I gotta check the ingredients list. My new <laughs> stupid diet. Oh, that's but. right. <laughs> I'm slowly killing myself, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I'll eat whatever you put in front of me. Nice, nice. Well, today we are uh, talking about Widows, the new Steve McQueen movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie has been incredibly hyped by uh by uh other podcasters by film critics Mm -hmm. and um you know we usually save the how you like it for the end but um i'll just say that i know you liked it more than i did we've talked about that beforehand uh but but not i I didn't love it yeah you didn't really love it i didn't really like it yeah i really didn't like it really you didn't even like it at all yeah well in So this is Steve McQueen's follow-up, right? Yeah. I think that's why it's so hyped, because uh-huh. he won an Academy Award. Yeah. And it's th- for his third film. Yeah. yeah. He made Hunger, which is a relatively obscure film. Sure. He made Shame, which is an NC-17 film, which got extremely limited distribution. Mm. Yeah, you see Michael Fassbender's penis, which yes. is worth every moment. <laughs> um, but it's a great film, all kidding aside. And then he made this uh, you know, phenomenal, uh, unflinching look at American mm-hmm. slavery. Again, kind of interesting going through a British man's lens. You know, he's a British black uh, director, so it was really, and he you know made a very potent, beautiful film, won an Academy Award for it. Now it's yep. been a couple of years, and he's coming out with a genre picture mm-hmm. that everyone is like super hyped on. Yeah, and I was, and I was op- trying to go as open minded as possible. I wasn't trying to compare it to Twelve Years a Slave. Right, right. I wanted to just accept it for what it was. And yeah, I di- I didn't actually like it very much. Yeah, see, as part of the. Uh promoting piecing it together a big part of it is the whole back and forth with other podcasters on twitter Mm -hmm, sure and so i'm constantly you know like chatting with all these other podcasters and all that about all the new movies and everybody is like this is the oscar movie and i'm just like i don't see it yeah i think those expectations really kind of killed this movie i think i might have liked it as just a run-of-the-mill action movie you know like Mm -hmm. Um, Liam Neeson's in it, so you could say it's just like the next Taken. Of, you know, it just <laughs> yeah. happens to be women as the uh, main stars. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it just didn't do what I was expecting in any way. Yeah, no, and, that, and the thing is, is like with Steve McQueen, you know, he he does bring a certain sophistication to the to the material. Uh-huh. Like I was, I read a, a, a great review on RogerEbert.com, gave it four stars, and you know, and that it was this master exercising his ability within the genre. And I, and I like stuff like that. You know, I love when like Ingmar Bergman made like a horror film mm. or made a comedy. You know, like that's, that is a master kind of stretching their wings. But this movie, uh, like I said, I really didn't try to bring his past into it. I was like, okay, you know, this was a movie he dreamed of making his entire life. He, it's based on a British television series of the same name that he grew up watching and wanted to make. And so it's a passion project. And I knew it was going to be different. Uh, and he really did elevate the material. Like, that's the thing is the movie isn't insultingly bad. I didn't hate it. Right. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not like I was upset or, if, you know, I, I get very emotional, as you guys probably know by now, about certain <laughs> movies that I love or don't like. And this didn't, in, this didn't instigate any of those passionate feelings. I was sure. just kind of like, meh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a good try that it wasn't insultingly bad, mm-hmm. but it wasn't good. Right. And, I, you know, it wasn't interesting. I didn't care about anybody. It didn't, it didn't transcend the genre. Yeah. It just kind of spit it up right because steve mcqueen is extremely competent as a film director yeah uh but i knew what we were in trouble as soon as he introduced the movie when he came on so screen I was about to ask you that did they show that yeah they did they so he comes line. on it was and he's like yeah this is my passion project and i was like oh <laughs> this is not good and he did he did the like the mess up blooper and then it was like <laughs> beep 
you know, and then it's just the next reel. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. But anytime a director or a writer goes on or the star of the movie comes on, although they, they did that with First Man, too, uh-huh. I think, with what's his name? And uh, with um, with uh, Hot Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, but yeah, when as soon as I saw Steve McQueen doing the blooper reel, yeah. I was like, oh boy, we are, this is not a good movie. This is bizarre. Yeah. I, it was bizarre. It was surreal. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, not not a good start. Yeah, no, mm. I, I, w- I would say so. So yeah, better than the average heist movie. Didn't mm-hmm. you know? Didn't pander, but yeah. uh, but but not not good. Yeah, as I said on Twitter, this is the third best heist movie this year after uh, American Animals. Yeah, and I... then actually Ocean's Eight. Yeah, which wasn't great, but it was good, and yeah. it was better than this. Actually, I but, agree. Uh, with that said, uh, let's get into some puzzle pieces. What would your first uh, puzzle piece be? All right, so my first puzzle piece uh, for this film is going to be the David Mamet film Heist, uh, for obvious reasons, because mm-hmm. there's a heist at the center of both films. Uh, but I think that Mamet uh, did a little bit more successfully what Steve McQueen was doing in this film, which was elevating the material, mm-hmm. was doing was creating a style that was a uh, unique, you know, they're both very strong filmmakers in their style and their vision. And they brought that to the material. But, uh, I think heist is a little bit more successful of a film with Gene Hackman. It's a, it's a good film, kind of forgotten film. People didn't like love heist when it came out, but it's a pretty good little movie. Right. So with the, so obviously for the, for the heist at the center, but also for that kind of, uh, this, these great masterful writers and filmmakers uh, doing this genre, trying you know doing their hand at this genre. I think that also has uh, kind of marries the two the two projects. Sure. No. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And it, that that's that's a good one to kick it off. I mean, obviously, as we get into these, there's going to be a lot of heists happening in the movies that we're going to discuss. <laughs> right. Um. That that is the central thing here. And uh, for for those that don't know, this is a movie about uh. Uh, a, a woman whose uh, husband and his bank robber buddies die in a uh, in a, a failed bank robbery, and then the some other bad guys think that she uh, owes them money because of it, and so mm-hmm. she has to pull off his final heist. Yeah, her husband's planned. final heist. Yeah. Um, and we know that she loved her husband for the 18 minute French kiss shot in the beginning, uh, which I don't know if I should be horrified or aroused. Yeah. Best sound, uh, design. Yeah. For sure. I think he was if eating, her, trying to eat her face. Uh, I was like, this is awkward. Bring, bring Steve back on to talk about the movie some more. It's less awkward. I'm almost shocked. We didn't get, uh, uh, Liam Neeson's penis in this one. I, w- I was hoping both fingers crossed and toes trying to get that. I'm sure it's that Irish thing. It's like a shillelagh. I'm sure it's humongous. Uh, but, but that's the thing is, you know, you know, but the movie, that's the thing is the movie didn't work well as a heist movie, in my opinion. Like it. Right. So here's the thing is this was, this is kind of an example for me of a great director, uh, really not knowing the material well. And in his effort to add a layer or a dimension or a depth to this movie, he forgot to hit all the things a heist movie should hit. Right. Like, and that's the thing is, I know that's a tough criticism to give because, like, how do you please an audience? Like, you don't want it to be boring and repetitive. You don't. You want it to be different. And he really did make it different, but he also didn't make it satisfying. You know, like 
Ocean's Eleven, for instance, is an extremely satisfying movie. It's not that it reinvented the wheel by any means. It's not like the most original movie, but it has such a style and a panache. Yeah. And it really delivers on the heist element, and it's fun to watch. Yeah. So where Widows, uh, in its attempt to be original or in, a, in its attempt to elevate the material, it forgot to at least deliver on that base level. Like the right. heist, I was so disinterested. Yeah. And I didn't know what was going on, what they're stealing. I didn't care. Yeah. You know, there's that political yeah, I can't subplot. whatsoever. I mean, it was just cash, I guess. Yes, yeah, it's, the, but, it's, the, it's yeah. like the money from the political world, yeah. from Duval's house and... And all that. Duval was amazing, by the way. Like, totally just... Like an Alzheimer's patient. <laughs> just let loose. <laughs> I think he's like, I think he has late-stage dementia. And they're like, let's just turn on the camera and watch him spit at Colin Farrell. He, they improv most of that. And I read that, and I was like, I can tell. Because it's fucking nonsense. Oh, my God. I'm not sure anyone fit in. Anyway, sure. So, uh, my first puzzle piece is uh, another heist movie. It is F. Gary Gray's Set It Off. Oh, good yeah, choice. With uh, Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett. I forget who else was in it. But it was an uh, inner city heist with uh, black women pulling off a heist. And mm-hmm. and it was, uh, it was pretty awesome and groundbreaking at the time when it came out yeah. and uh that you know this is uh more of a multicultural thing but it's still like an inner city uh setting and everything sure and uh yeah you know i i set it off as a pretty cool i haven't seen it in a long time have you not recently yeah but i remember liking it yeah i mean it's not a bad film by any means and sure. it was kind of revolutionary for its time it was yeah it was people talked about it, it was parodied a whole bunch. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was uh it was definitely like a big moment when that happened yeah yeah. That's great. I think it's a great puzzle piece because they do have kind of a soul. Yeah. I mean, not only just the heist element, which, you know, again, that's kind of the obvious connection sure. there. But there's almost, again, kind of like the spirit of it. Because the thing about uh, about Widows is that it was strangely political. Yeah. And I don't think in a good way. I don't think it... That was another one of the things I didn't think quite worked with it. Yeah. Is that it felt obligatory. Mm. Um, I didn't feel mm-hmm. that they were saying anything new, particularly. Yeah. I didn't think that they were adding... Um, something worthwhile to the conversation it almost used it as like a setup which is a little insulting right you know i think too because they use a lot of what cop on uh, cop on uh, you know unarmed african-american uh people uh the the son in the film not to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it and it was it was kind of a setup it didn't really explore those things it just used it it was kind of like the end of remember me when all of a sudden it's at 9 11 remember that right and i vomited in my mouth (laughs) you know what i thought was hilarious was uh what's his name uh uh Brian Terry Henry, how he he runs his campaign out of a church, yeah, which is just so perfect. Yeah, like. <laughs> exactly, a little too perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of clumsy in those regards, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I I don't know, I, I don't know if it it was pressure from the studio, if it was societal pressure, if it was a part of the original vision. Yeah. But it kind of felt shoehorned in there. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't potent. You know, right. like I said, it felt kind of cheap. And especially with those things, yeah. you want them to resonate with you and you yeah. want to give some kind of unique angle. Yeah. You just don't want it to be like a plot function. You know, the thing was a fun- function of the plot. Yeah. I will say that uh, people in the theater seem to really dig some of those things. Um, really? <laughs> they were really like getting into it. Um, and there was a lot of uh, talking back from, from, the, uh, from the audience members. Really? Which was, kind of made it a more fun experience, you know? During the shooting sequence in particular? During that, for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a lot of the stuff. And just like, 
like uh oh he needs to get it you know <laughs> and like stuff like wow, that yeah, wow. yeah yeah and that was not the experience oh, okay yeah you yeah. had a little bit of a more boring uh crowd i did mainly yeah. old white people oh yeah, and so yeah they were terrified that's the wrong way to watch this movie <laughs> at least i had a good crowd to yeah the thing is you need diversity i mean i yeah. guess in some ways the film is about diversity and sure um, I don't know. I, I just feel like those deeper themes didn't come through well. No, I didn't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're but know. set it off. I think, <laughs> I think there's, I mean, it, I get, I don't know. That's the thing is it's tough because, um, we're almost expecting those themes to be brought up nowadays and sure. it, may, it might dilute them a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes they're the thing about art and why it's not just coming right out and saying it is that it's showing us in a more subliminal way. And that, you know, these things, addressing those problems and mostly films aren't political on the nose, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like Black Klansman, for instance, at the end was just like footage from today's, you know, from today's news line, you know, news uh, headliners. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, jarring. It was powerful. But yeah. again, those things are always like a mixed bag. Like, right. I don't know how I feel about them exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, this uh, Widows uh, addressed it a little bit more on the nose to where I think now thinking back on set it off, we go, oh, yeah, that was revolutionary. And yeah, there is all that in there. And we can think about it a little bit more in a sophisticated way. Sure. As opposed to it just being spoon fed to us. Yeah. Yeah. So. so what's your next puzzle piece? Um, so I don't know if it's... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This might be a little too new to be an actual puzzle piece, but I was going to say Ocean's 8. Oh, okay. Is it too new, you think? You know what? Go for it. Let, okay. Let's just go with it. Maybe it's just coincidence. Yeah. But see, I thought about this as um, as a executive influence. Like, I feel like... So, well, the thing is, it's a combination of things. Steve McQueen could have basically done anything he wanted because he yeah. won Best Picture. And so they're, I'm sure they were interested in whatever his follow-up was. Uh, but I also think the the relative success of Ocean's 8 and the new ensemble female cast, well, even the Ghostbusters movie, which was so hated by mm. insane internet people, right. which I didn't hate at all. I didn't either. I thought it was quite good. Yeah. Um, but insane internet people had such a backlash with it you know, for some reason. But it's a little bit in vogue to, uh, I think, give predominantly female casts, particularly uh, ensemble casts, a shot. Yeah. So I don't know if it would just kind of pave the road a bit for Widows. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is I feel like that's another thing that, you know, not to keep bragging on this movie, but the, the chemistry between the characters was a little sure. forced. Yeah. And I didn't believe it. I didn't feel it. I, you know, I didn't, had yeah. no emotional connection there to it. There was at most like one exchange between any two people and then – they were good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't think they really explained how people were feeling yeah. in any way, not not visually, not through dialogue. Yeah. And I didn't feel there was a connection. I didn't believe that the other women would have would have done this heist. Right. I was like, why are they even, why do they even care? There's yeah. like a vague sense of like, so-and-so might tell them that you're involved in this plot, then you might have your life turned upside down. Apparently, uh, Michelle Rodriguez's motivation is she just wants to work in a store again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which there's easier ways than committing huge crimes yeah. <laughs> might not be the best way to get back on the right path but like so oceans eight like one of the things like yeah it isn't a perfect film ocean mm. eight it's not like yeah i, it's I not, liked it it wasn't bad yeah. but, but it wasn't great either but what i think really worked is the chemistry yeah and that's the success of the male counterpart universe of oceans 11 is that there's so much chemistry between those people yeah that i mean that's you forgive a lot of its kind of simplicity because sure. they're it's fun to watch and i think eight, uh, oceans eight did that too yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. This might be more of like an executive thing or it might be just coincidence based on how quickly, they, you know, how back-to-back they, they well, I will out. say Ocean's 8 was in development for quite a while. Like, we all knew mm. there was a female Ocean's 11 coming out. True. So, True. I mean, yeah, it was on the minds of Hollywood people, even if it hadn't come out yet, you know? Yeah, I definitely think some executive walked in and talked to... Uh, 
talked to Steve McQueen and he was like, this is my dream project and it stars a full group of, of uh, diverse women. And they were yeah. like, thumbs up. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. And not to make it sound Machiavellian or evil or anything. It's, mm. it's a nice, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think I did read that uh, the main character was white originally in the book or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, they changed her to uh, Viola Davis. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that the, the whole multicultural aspect and all that, which I think is something that, you know, it, it's a great thing. Yeah, but it's it's, like, it's what, yeah, it's something that is finally happening in, yeah. in uh, movies, mainstream movies. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, so yeah, kind of a good, kind of connected. Sure. I, I'm, I'm down with it for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. My, my next puzzle piece, um, and my next two are kind of, uh, are tied together, but I'm going to do them separately. Um, uh, first one is going to be the town from Ben Affleck. That's yeah, one of my things. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. Uh, that, that one's certainly a more solid, uh, heist thriller, I think. Um, that's a great movie. Yeah. And, uh, it, but it's also in, in a lot of the same ways, very self serious. Um, Ooh, yeah. you know, very self important. Um, and also, uh, some good, silly local accents just with a different uh, city, you know? <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, we, we the accents were all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting that you pointed that out because I think your connection to the town is a lot more nuanced than mine. Yeah. I, I saw it more just like the, the, the vibe, mm. almost like the feeling of it, but the over serious, the self seriousness is a great way to put it. Sure. And yeah, those accents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Farrell, of course. Taking wow. What is that? What was yeah. that about? Yeah. I don't know. And it came and went and it was just, uh, it was fantastic. I love Colin Farrell. And Me too. His accents were, uh, amazing all over the place. And it was funny, like no one else had a thick, uh, what, Chicago, right? Chicago. Yeah, yeah. No one else had like a thick Chicago or whatever that was accent. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just him. The hybrid. Like, everyone else just showed up with their voice on the day of uh, shooting. Right. And, uh, he was like, no, I'm, I'm, I got a whole plan. No, well, Daniel Day Lewis retired, so yeah. he's like, I have some big shoes to fill, right. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, no. I think I, well, I compared it to uh, Robin Williams and Good Will Hunting, mm. the worst filmed accent <laughs> of all time. That was so abysmal. Oh, man. I remember watching it. Like, so holy great, shit! Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but it is. It's yeah, it's hilarious. It's bad, <laughs> but yeah, even in its badness, it's pretty great. Yeah, because he's great in that film. Oh I mean, yeah. Yeah, won an Academy Award. Absolutely. But horrible, horrible <laughs> accent. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so what, what's your next puzzle piece uh, other than So you stole yeah. mine. Oh, okay. You prick bastard. Nah, I'm no, I'm sorry, man. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I only have so many for this movie. You I know. I'm, you know I'm, 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 I'm running low. I'm running low. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a million heist movies, actually, yeah. so it's it's a tough thing. I lost my notes here. Hold on, give me a second. Um, oh, okay. So the other one I was, was going to do, also kind of an Affleck uh, movie, and we do get a little bit of his penis in it, which is going to be Gone Girl. Okay. Uh, Gone Girl is written by the same writer. Yep. Uh, so there's a there's a real you know, there's a real connection, I think, that in, in style and in, uh, from the the written aspect of it, but also kind of in its tone. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of an unconventional plot and how it kind of unfolded again, a little bit to its detriment when it comes to, to widows, because I didn't feel invested in the heist. Mm -hmm. That was that to me, like, you know, I, and I know I always get up here. I'm like, I want less plot and more theme is the, right. you know, the thesis of what I'm always saying. But in this instance, it's like, well, but it would have been great to really give a shit about that heist. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> Probably would have been a good thing for this movie. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but no, this is the way it kind of had it, some twists and turns, yeah. uh, how, it kind of presented itself in such a matter of fact way. That's kind of a new motif that we're getting into right now. I think we're, mm -hmm. we're kind of, 
uh, you know, it kind of comes back to that that self serious thing. Movies like this used to be so exaggerated, right? right. They really would kind of go off the deep end, and they'd be there'd be an element of escapism to a heist movie, you know. And there is no longer that feeling, right? Uh, you know, I feel like Gone Girl, which is kind of a really twists in on itself and has some really sin- good twists. It's really dark and bizarre. David Fincher, you know, did handle that material well, but it, it also is very matter of fact in a lot of ways, and yeah. it's a, and it's kind of clinical. Uh, approach. And I think Widows had that. I, and in a film like 12 Years a Slave, for instance, it really works because it's, it's just taking this event and it's looking at it through a, tele, you know, through a microscope and we're almost through a telescope. No, but through a, through a microscope and we're getting all those um, you know, devastating details. Details yeah. that are extremely devastating. So then you take much lighter material, like a heist movie, yeah. and, uh, we're, and we're kind of looking at it through the same microscope and there's less there. There's a lot less to see. There's a lot less to bite our teeth into or sink our teeth into. So yeah, I, I don't know. I just, all overall, I think it's a kind of a bad marriage between director and material. I think, right. but uh, definitely feels that same matter of fact approach, that skillful cl- clinical approach that Fincher does in all of his films. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. No, Gone Girl is definitely uh, definitely a good one, and that Gillian Flynn like style it's actually there are other movies now yeah. she has definitely become someone who you say oh it's like a jillian flynn uh movie. Well, I, yeah, I yeah. Doubt, yeah yeah she's come up a few times on the uh on the podcast as well and other mm-hmm. movies uh uh a simple favor we, oh, we yeah. brought her up with um yeah i mean there there's a lot of movies whenever it's got all the the twists and turns which i think the twists in this just don't really work very well no. unfortunately but um but yeah no it's definitely it's a style and it's a thing and it actually is a good setup for for my next puzzle piece which we're gonna stay on the ben affleck oh man we got an affleck train here yeah yeah suicide squad let's go with it uh (laughs) no not suicide squad (laughs) No, okay sorry (laughs) um but it is uh a movie that i unfortunately hated even worse than this movie whoa um yeah it is uh, ben Affleck's last directorial effort, Live by Night. Oh, yeah. Terrible movie. Unbelievably terrible yes, movie. Just um, trash. He was on such a roll as a director and no. making such great. Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Oh, God, I love Gone Baby Gone. Me too. It's great. And, uh, and Argo was great. Um, yeah, Live by Night was just such a bloated <laughs> and just <laughs> Misfire. awful, ridiculous yeah. movie. And this is not, I'm not trying to compare him to Steve McQueen. I am just trying to, to compare the overall tone. Sure. Of just like the bloatedness and. All the just very ridiculous characters yeah. and just like we, we, I think we talked about this on Messenger uh, when we were just chatting about this movie, deciding to do this episode. Uh, that they're all just such caricatures. Um, oh, they are. You yeah. know, and that was that was like the biggest thing with Live by Night. It's like these characters are like straight out of like I, I don't even know, like just the most yeah, ridiculous bad version pulp fiction. Of this. Yeah, right, bad writing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's that's why I thought of uh, Live by Night. Yeah, that's the thing is even I mean the performances in uh widows really didn't didn't resonate with me yeah uh, they were pretty one note yeah you know um with viola davis correct mm-hmm. uh her she had that kind of mopey yeah. sad entitled thing i mean she had it down pat it was yeah. it was plausible but it wasn't uh, charismatic i wasn't interested i didn't mm-hmm. feel connected to her uh which yeah of course she carries most of the movie and so uh, i think the most charismatic character is also this huge outline which is the the enforcer um, the gentleman from uh, Get Out. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. and, yeah, yeah. And he's this, you know, so frightening and and. But again, this kind of crunch, you know, cracks under the weight of it being a caricature. Yeah, they don't give him enough time really yeah. to develop into anything. Yeah. Um, 
So they know, wanted like, Anton Chigurh, but like yeah. they just got some guy. <laughs> yeah, they just got like I don't know. I, I felt yeah. really, ha- you know, haphazard. Yeah, he had a, he had a few really good moments. Um, I, I wish they they somehow pulled away from I don't know Duvall or someone and like <laughs> gave him more time instead yeah. and turned it into something more because I think uh, he is a good actor and. It was a it was an interesting character. It had some elements, just none of them were really explored in any way right. that really led anywhere. Yeah, I mean, those sequences probably had the most charisma in the film. Yeah, and I, I use that word lightly because I mean, they're they're probably the most violent scenes in the film. Sure, and, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't like they weren't. What my what I meant to say is that they weren't charismatic because they're violent. Right. I think it was his performance that made them charismatic, and. Um, the violence almost seemed a little much, actually, because I didn't particularly care about the character, understand what he was getting at. You know, he was just kind Some of young this, rapper. Yeah, just like yeah, just this enforcer <laughs> yeah. that uh, was like you know this kind of sadistic person. Mm. And I think, and you know, that's again, it's like yes, the scenes were the most charismatic, but you when you have a character like that, I think you have more of a responsibility to explain him or her or give some kind of insight into that character. Otherwise, you're kind of celebrating his violence. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just to use the Anton Chigurh thing, we saw him through the other characters. We heard stories about him. We we learned about him. He was a, he was kind of this absolute ghostly presence. Yeah. But we learned about him via the other characters, and we were able to kind of fill in some of the blanks. So where this character, you know, no one mentioned him or talk about him. He would just show up and be scary. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I was most intrigued by him, but it ultimately fell flat because I just, I couldn't, you know, I can't celebrate his violence without understanding what he's about. Speaking of Anton, uh, Anton Chigurh, I, I got a call out of the blue from an old friend uh, like two days ago, and he's just like, what the fuck is No Country Old Men about? <laughs> yeah, like, just repeat the title slowly. Yeah. <laughs> just repeat the title slowly, and that's what it's about. It was a fun conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's your next puzzle piece? I th- I'm out. You're out? I think so. Okay. Let me see. I'm trying to... Yeah, I got Heist, Ocean's 8, The Town, Gone Girl. Um, I just have one more. Go for it. All right. Well, let's let's finish it up. One last one. Boardwalk Empire. Ooh, I should so, have thought of that. All the mixture of, of mob-type shit yeah. mixed with uh, politics yeah. and all the politicians and all these characters in their fancy suits and everything <laughs> and all the meetings gone wrong and everything like yeah. that. Um, it, was, it had a very Boardwalk Empire type of a vibe to it. Um, uh, you know, of course, none of the characters are unfortunately... Uh, really built up in ways that you want to follow any of them. It's just a, a whole bunch of people meeting with each other and yeah. violence ensues, you know? Um, but it, it had a very similar structure and a very similar style, I thought. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah. And that was kind of a little bit of an unsung show. I mean, it was pretty popular, but at the same time, it doesn't, it's not considered like to have the heft of a, of a Sopranos or anything from other HBO content, but it was great. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was truly great. Absolutely. And uh, no, no, it. I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I miss it too. I can see it being a big influence on Steve McQueen. Probably watched that and said, "Oh, I want to. I can do some of this material." Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's sure. and the thing is, I you know, again, I don't want to trash on it. I really admire that he wants to get out of his comfort zone and yeah. he doesn't want to keep making the same movie over and over again. And that's good. That's great. But yeah, this didn't quite didn't quite work. But uh, man, that that Boardwalk Empire. That's a good connection. Right I can see. Yeah, it's really. I can see it. Very cool. Well, uh, let's do the finished puzzle here. Um, all the puzzle pieces that we just discussed, which includes Set It Off, Heist, The Town, Live By Night, Ocean's 8, Gone Girl, and Boardwalk Empire. A short uh, finished puzzle for today, but um, 
Widows, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Um, <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah, apparently it's been it's been loved by a lot of people though. Yeah, you may like this movie if you're out there listening. Um, of course, you should have uh, listened before we got into spoilers and everything. <laughs> you should have watched the movie, but um, yeah, you might like this movie. It, it, it's possible. A lot of people seem to. Um, it just didn't connect with either of us. Yeah, because the thing is, yeah, it's kind of like a schizophrenic movie. I think it's like is it's about grief. And it's about a heist. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and it was trying to marry those two worlds. I, I don't yeah. think it worked on e- either level. I don't think it worked as, a, as an adult drama. Yeah. And I don't think it worked as a heist film. Yeah. And so you get kind of this muddled you know, result uh, of obviously an extremely skilled craftsman. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, just kind of playing in the, play, in this, in the uh, sandbox and, and not getting something that was... It's unfortunately filled with a lot of cliches, mm-hmm. um, a lot of eye rolling moments and like, and maybe it doesn't, you know, if you're someone who's just into just a fairly generic action movie, there may still be plenty to like Cause I mean, there's action, there is a heist at the end, yeah. you know, so there, there may still be, there's twists and turns, there may still be stuff to like, um, just isn't what you would expect, you know, from a Steve McQueen movie and from yeah. a movie that's so overly hyped the way it has been. Yeah. I think the hype is the biggest problem because I, like I said, I admire him for jumping out and trying something different. I hope mm-hmm. he keep, continues to take risks, Yeah, you know, and the thing is he hit his stride so early. Yeah. Uh, and we know that he's just chock full of talent and, oh, yeah. and a lot of wisdom. And he was a very wise film, like someone like, like uh, Ben Affleck, you almost feel like he stumbles onto masterpieces. <laughs> You're yeah. like, how did he make that? Uh, but he's, you know he's proven you know that his you know it's in the pudding he's he's good too yeah. of course but there's something about uh there's a certain sophistication about steve mcqueen from his earlier films that this this one didn't quite get there but um but yeah i hope he continues to make risky risky movies and trying different things and yeah. uh he's going to be one of the best filmmakers of our generation so there's definitely things to like in right widows on. but didn't quite pull it off this time well to go out on one more positive note um uh, i just wanted to mention that the dog is the same dog from Game Night earlier oh, this year. So that's a pretty cool go. connection. Game Night was actually a pretty fun movie. Yeah, yeah. That dog is uh, really showing he's got a lot of talent. I did read that <laughs> someone wants to give the dog an Oscar. Yeah. I'm, and I thought, fuck it, this, that's the last thing we need for the Oscars, <laughs> to be revealed as total bullshit. So give him an Oscar. And Why not, right? Yeah, because everyone <laughs> tells me all the time, like, you're a filmmaker, don't you want to win an Oscar? I'm like, not particularly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch the Oscars. But, you know. I hope they have this year. It's just all dogs. Yeah, I, I mean, would actually be down for that. All dogs, dogs go to the Oscars. Yeah. That's my next movie. Yeah, I want the uh, wolves from uh, Alpha to yeah. host the show. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on. Well, Chris, you want to uh, plug anything before we get going here? Uh, well, just continue to read. Uh, it's all downhill from here, which is going to be a weekly, now bi-weekly comic strip. It's coming up and really busy, so I'm putting out a little bit fewer and further between, but it's still happening. You can go to itsalldownhill.com. Well, I messed that up. It's all downhill TV. <laughs> I wouldn't don't go now. I feel like you shouldn't go now. But anyways, you can go if you want. Read the comics. I'm working on the film, of course, but yeah, so if I was a good host, I could give you a spot now to redo that, but I don't know. No, leave it so in. Just Fuck leave it. it in. Yeah. I, I, no, you don't I don't deserve people to go read it after something like that. <laughs> so leave just leave it in. How about you just cut the whole plug and just Screw yeah, you, dude. I don't need. I don't have anything to plug. It's not worth watching anyway. No, anyway, I'm I'm making a movie. It's going to take a long time, but keep your ear out for that. And and uh, Cinema Mondays will be back. The awesome. the uh, free movie night that we plugged, taking a little bit of a break because we've been so busy. But uh, we might have a new location. We're going to try to bring it back. So uh, free movies are going to return to lo- the Las Vegas Valley. 
Beautiful. All right, Chris, thanks for being here, and we'll do this again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Picture it. A woman hates Christmas. After she loses her corporate job, she's forced to go back to the small town where she came from, where she helps her parents save their failing Christmas tree business. While she's there, she runs into her ex-boyfriend, who she dumped a decade ago to move to the big city, and they fall in love. And she learns the meaning of Christmas. Yes, another Hallmark movie. A lifetime of Hallmark, where three guys talk about movies on the Hallmark and Lifetime channel and try to make sense of them. Find us anywhere where you can download podcasts. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Piecing It Together. I hope you went out and saw Widows and enjoyed it more than we did. Uh, It seems like most people are enjoying it more than we did, so there's a pretty good chance of that. Uh, But anyway, thanks again to uh, co-host Chris Cranock. And a little spoiler alert, but we recorded two episodes back-to-back, so you're going to be getting an episode on Green Book uh, again with Chris next week. And we liked Green Book quite a bit more then we like this one. So anyway, if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you would rate and review us on iTunes. You can find Piecing It Together on iTunes. You can find it on most podcast apps. Wherever you want to subscribe, you could subscribe. Uh, it seems like reviews are mainly on iTunes, though. Although there is Podchaser now, so you can go review us on there, too. Um, and... Follow us on social media, at PiecingPod. Get in touch if you'd like. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think about the puzzle pieces. If there's any we left out, um, any that you think we're just flat out wrong about, and that's just ridiculous what we're saying, hey, get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Also, join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. We have all kinds of great conversations about movies in there, as well as uh, continuing the conversation from these episodes. Uh, Of course, right now, the Golden Globes nominations came came out uh this week so we're talking about those in the group and um yeah i i I hope you guys join us in there it's a lot of fun so uh with that said we're gonna close this episode up we got a couple of great special episodes coming up over the next couple of weeks uh as well as that green book episode and uh we already have plans to record a bunch more uh i plan on closing out this year with a lot of episodes are going to be more than usual it's going to be a very busy december so stay tuned and i'm going to leave you with a piece of my music uh i don't know what i don't know i'm just going to put something in here now (laughs) whatever it is hope you enjoy it
and All Points West. Thank you.